In view of the fact that the budget has been presented this morning, the elders have asked me to speak on the subject this morning of giving. As I stand before you this morning, I tremble realizing the responsibility that is mine. Not because that there's nothing said in the Bible concerning the subject. Not because of any fear of my on my part to present a lesson on this topic. But in view of the responsibility that's mine to cause us to raise our sights to a higher plane. And to consider the seriousness of the nature of the subject that has been assigned me. Realizing that souls hang in the balance, and that sometimes because of preaching that has been done in the past, some have developed wrong attitudes toward this subject. Realizing the fact that our attitude will determine whether or not we'll carry out the instructions that are found in God's Word on the subject. The song that we have just sung together becomes the basis of the lesson this morning. I want to discuss with you for a brief few minutes concerning the pattern of our giving. The Apostle Peter, in writing the first epistle and the second division of that epistle, verse 3 says, If you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, ye also as lively stones build up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Christ Jesus. Down beginning with verse 20. One, he says, because hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow in his state. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again when he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself unto him that judgeth righteously who his own self bare our sins and his own body on the tree, we being dead unto sin might live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye are healed. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your soul. Peter says that we as God's children offer up spiritual sacrifice. The example of the sacrifice that we offer is that example of the Lord Jesus Christ who came and suffered and died on the cross that we might be saved. In the second Corinthian letter, when the Apostle Paul was encouraging the church at Corinth to give as they'd been prospered, in the ninth, or the eighth division, rather, in the ninth verse, he says, for ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that through his poverty you might be rich. And so when Paul was going to motivate people to give, he gave them a pattern of giving. 
And I believe that it would be good and appropriate this morning for us to think about that pattern. And in doing so, maybe it will help us to raise our attitudes to be the attitude that the Lord has. And that we will strive to do as he did and to live like he did. For really, if we do not live like the Lord, then there's no place for us in heaven. We're to follow in his footsteps. Follow after his example. And allow him to become the pattern of our lives in all aspects of Christian life. And so it is with giving, we ought to allow the Lord Jesus Christ to be a pattern for us. In the first place, let me suggest to you that the Lord Jesus offered himself willingly. Willingly. Yes, I realize that the mob took him and they carried him to the hill called Golgotha and there they crucified. And yet Jesus had control over his own life. I realize that Jesus died so that he might fulfill the prophecies of the Old Testament. I realize that he died in order to do the will of God Almighty, and yet Jesus died willingly. It was voluntary that he went to the cross. He volunteered for that. In the tenth division of the book of John, if you'll turn there, John records concerning the good shepherd in verse 19, or verse 18, No man taketh it that is his life from him, I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my father. And so it was willingly that the Lord laid down his life for us. And that becomes an example to us that we ought to be willing to give just as he was willing to give. In the passage that we have read from in the second Corinthian letter, the apostle Paul talks about the willingness of those in Macedonia to give. And in verse 3 he says to their power, I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. Here are individuals who are willing to abound in this grace called giving. And it was because of the fact that these individuals were following in the footsteps of the Lord Jesus Christ. They saw his willing sacrifice and out of that they too had come to know and to learn that one who is a child of God is willing to give of himself and willing to give of his means so that the mission that the Lord came into this earth to do to seek and to save the lost might be carried out. And so Jesus offered his sacrifice willingly and we too must offer a willing sacrifice unto God Almighty. But secondly, he offered this sacrifice not only willingly, but it was a sacrifice of love. In the book of First John, as you read concerning the sacrifice offered by our Lord in the third division of First John, John discusses that sacrifice in verse 16, and he says, Hereby we perceive the love of God, because he, that is Christ, 
laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brethren. But whosoever hath this world's good, and see if his brother have need, and shutteth up bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? That's a good question. Jesus loved us, and out of that love, he was willing to offer his life in our stead. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, the Bible says, For the wages of sin is death. He didn't have to die. Willingly, he went to the cross so that we might live, and he died in our place. He died in our stead. And it was out of the love that he had his compassion for us that he did that. When we offer a sacrifice and giving, how do we do that? In 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 8, Paul said, Prove the sincerity of your love. And when we give sacrificially of our means, that's exactly what we're doing. It's out of our love and our compassion for others and for the Lord that we do that, that we give of our money because he loved us. You see, when Jesus went to the cross, it was because of the fact that he realized God's love for him, that he loved us enough to go to the cross for us. As he prays in the garden in the 17th division, the book of John, in verse 24, Jesus said, concerning the death that he was going to die. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory that thou hast given unto me, for thy love is me before the foundation of the world. Christ realized that the Father loved him. And it was out of that realization of God's love that he was willing to love us and to suffer and die for us on the cross. When an individual comes to realize God's love, his care, and his concern for him, does it not follow that out of that love he in turn will open up bowels of compassion, overflowing in love towards others? and toward one another's members of the body of Christ. Is that not what the Apostle John is saying in 1 John chapter 3 that we read just a moment ago? That out of that that he opens up bowels of compassion toward his brethren because he realizes that God loved him so much that he sent Jesus to suffer down the cross. And he realizes that Christ loved him and opened his heart so that he would suffer there and die in pain and agony forsaken by God. Made to be sin for us him who knew no sin, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 21, because he had that kind of love for us. The love that he had for us ought to open up bowels of compassion within us so that we in turn might show forth that same kind of love towards others who are in need. Might open up our hearts so that we might desire that all men would be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. 
and that the gospel might be spread yea around this world so that man might have opportunity to obey our law. Let us allow that kind of love to open up our hearts. First John 4 and verse 19, we love because he first loved us. And it's out of that love that we in turn will demonstrate that love in our life. And so Jesus' sacrifice was a willing sacrifice. It was an expression of his love for mankind. But thirdly, the sacrifice offered by our Lord or the giving offered by our Lord was a sacrifice on his part. And our giving ought to in turn be sacrificial giving. Not just giving, but sacrificial giving. Could anyone say that when the Lord went to the hill called Calvary and there he died for our sins, that that did not involve sacrifice on his part? In John chapter 15, Jesus said, Greater love hath no man than this, and to lay down his life for his friends. His life was sacrificed. Now, where is the sacrifice that we offer that comes up to that sacrifice? Even if we lay down our life, would our life be the life that his was to lay down? You and I can't die for the sins of others because we have sinned. Here's one who knew no sin. Now, if we did die, we deserve to die since the wages of sin is death. Death re or sin requires death. We deserve to die. But Jesus did. And yet he was willing out of his love for us to sacrifice himself. We in turn out of that ought to be willing to sacrifice in our gift. In the ninth division of the book of Hebrews, the writer talks about the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and he said, verse 25, beginning, Nor yet that he should offer himself often as a high priest entered into the holy place every year with the blood of others. For then he must often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once at the end of the world he hath appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Now, where's the sacrifice that we could offer that they even begin to approach that? As it is appointed unto man wants to die. You see, he's saying we deserve to die. It's appointed that we die because we have sinned. But after that cometh judgment. So was Christ once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look, he shall appear a second time without sin unto salvation. It's out of that that he says what he does in the 13th division, the book of Hebrews. Turn over there. Verse 10, We have an altar whereof they have no right to eat which serve the tabernacle. For the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned without the camp. Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. All right, let us. What does that mean? That means you allow this to take place. 
because of Christ going without the gate and offering the sacrifice that he offered. Let us, therefore, go unto him without the camp bearing his reproach. For here we have no continual city, but we seek one to come. By him, therefore, let us, that is, you allow yourself, let us, offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is, by the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto his name. But to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Now, what's that saying if it's not saying that this sacrifice that our Lord offered is a pattern for our sacrificial giving? And that we allow that pattern to so flood our lives, realizing that he died and suffered on the cross for me, that I can't help but my heart overflow for others. And out of that overflowing heart, my pockets overflow. And I'm willing to communicate so that others might be able to participate in the joy that I have as a Christian and as a child of God. The sacrifice of our Lord indeed is a pattern that we ought to follow. Here is one who was willing to sacrifice. Not only that, when you consider the sacrifice of our Lord, it was a sacrifice of his life, all of it. And in that, our giving ought to be first our whole life. Is there anyone who says that the Lord didn't give all that he had for us? And was that not a pattern for us to follow in our giving? You may or may not have seen the cartoon that's been in the bulletin, or been in several bulletins recently concerning giving and commitment. And it pictures there a pig and it pictures a chicken. And they're going to prepare breakfast for somebody. And the pig said, I don't want to do that. Said, you can furnish the eggs, but if I give the bacon, that requires complete commitment. Well, that's what the Lord requires of us, our life. He gave his life. He gave everything that he had so that you and I might live. And in return, he wants our life. In the 12th division of the book of Romans, beginning of verse 1, the apostle Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, or he's pleading with them, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, plead upon God's mercy. And that's involved in this sacrifice we're talking about. The book of Romans develops the scheme of redemption. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, and the Lord won't accept anything else. Unless we're willing to present our bodies a living sacrifice, and when one presents his body a living sacrifice, he doesn't hold back anything. But all that he has is whole being, just like that pig talked about. It requires total commitment on my part. That's what the Lord wants of us, total commitment. He wants all that we have and all that we are. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice, which is your reasonable service. 
American Standard says it's your spiritual service, and it's not all the reasonable than it is because, see, he gave his life for me. He died in my place. But it's also our spiritual service, and it's a spiritual sacrifice that we offer. Now, that's why Paul, in talking to the brethren and concerning the brethren there at Macedonia, he's illustrating this giving in 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 5 said, first they gave their selves unto God and unto us by the will of God. Here are individuals who recognize that that sacrifice requires all of you. Total commitment. Now you get brethren who have that kind of an attitude, and what kind of giving do they have? Is it sacrificial giving? Why, you'd know it would be sacrificial giving. It couldn't be any other kind because all that they've got belongs to God. And all that we have ought to be used to the glory of God. And I won't have time to discuss that point, so I'll mention it now. Jesus died that God might be all in all, that God's way might be vindicated, that God might be glorified. He came to this earth that the glory of God might be vindicated. And he lived in such a way to do that. And you and I must come to realize that that's what the Lord wants of us. Everything that we do in life must be to the glory of God. As we give, as we live, and that's what Brother Charlie was saying in the adult class this morning. When you sum up the Christian life, the total of the Christian life, that's to glorify God Almighty, and that's what God wants of us. He won't take anything less than that. And in 2 Corinthians 9, as the Apostle Paul discussed the giving of the congregation there, that's what he says about that giving, that that giving was to glorify God Almighty. Look at it. In the night division, he says concerning the giving of the church there. Verse 12, for the administration of this service not only is to supply the one of the saints, but is abundant also unto many thanksgivings to God. While by the experiment of this ministration, they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men. That's the reason they were giving. It wasn't to receive any personal glory, but it was to use what they had to glorify God Almighty. Then again, when you consider the sacrifice of our Lord, consider the fact that he sacrificed himself in total submission unto the will of God. In the 10th division of the book of Hebrews, the Bible says concerning the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and his coming into this earth in verse 7. Lo, I am come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. That was the whole purpose of his life. And as you saw him hang on the cross, you knew right then that he had come to do the will of God, and that was the passion of his life. In the fourth division of the book of John, 
Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of God and to finish his work. Is that our meat? Is our whole life set to do the will of God and to finish his work? It was in the cross that as he completed the will of God that his submission unto God Almighty was vindicated. Hebrews 5, Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been made perfect, that is complete, he became unto all them that obey him the author of eternal salvation. And that's simply saying that as he died on the cross, his will and perfect subjection unto the will of God made him complete. Thereby the fit sacrifice for our sin. When he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane in the 26th Division of the Book of Matthew, he said, not my will, but thy will be done. John's account in John 17 that we've read from already. He said that they might do thy will on earth. You and I must follow after that pattern. When we follow after the pattern of Christ, what is God's will in getting? Why, it's that we meet upon the first day of the week and we give of our means as God Almighty has prospered us, 1 Corinthians 16 in verse 2. And we submit unto that will just as Jesus submitted unto that will. One cannot live a complete Christian life and leave out sacrificial gifts. Writing the 2 Corinthians letter, in the 8th division of that letter, the Apostle Paul says concerning those brethren there. Verse 7, Therefore as you abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge and all diligence and your love to us, see that you abound in this grace also. In other words, they abound in other graces and they must abound also in the grace of giving. It's out of God's grace that we're able to abound in the grace of giving. What do we have that God didn't give us? What is it that you own that you've earned? God provided. Had not God provided, you would not have. God provided this sacrifice. He provided Christ. Could any man provide a fit sacrifice for the sins of the world? God provided that. God has provided for our ability to give. In the ninth division, he says, but this I say, he that soweth sparingly shall reap sparingly, he that soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. Every man, according as his purpose in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly, nor of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful gift. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always and all sufficiency in all things might abound unto every good work. You see, it's God that has provided. Now listen closely. As it is written, He hath distributed abroad or dispressed abroad. Not that we've given. He hath distressed abroad. He hath given unto the poor. Not me. You see, God provided so that I might have the means to do that. 
When I fail to give sacrificially, I'm misusing what God has provided for me. It's out of God's grace that I have that I'm only cured of. God provided. He hath given to the poor. His righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministereth his seed to the sore, that's God. Both minister bread for your food. Where did you get the bread you ate on your table this morning or whatever you ate or what cup of coffee you drank or whatever it was? If you didn't eat anything this morning, you'll eat something at lunch. Where'd that come from? If you don't eat something at lunch, surely by supper time you'll be hungry and eat. Where did that come from? God provided that. And when one realizes that everything that he has comes from God, he sees himself in sin and need. God provided a way out. God provided Christ, and it was through his provisions that we might have the remission of sin. God has provided everything that we have. All of our blessings come from God. And as we use these blessings in the proper way as fit stewards over them, God's glorified. Why? Because that which God provided is distributed to the poor. That which God has provided is distributed so that the gospel might be praised. Now he that ministers seed to the sower both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Somebody said, well, I don't have to give. Why? You're saying God, God doesn't have very much. God doesn't give that out to us out of his needs. The cattle on a thousand hills are his. It's for our benefit and our blessing that he does that. Being enriched unto all things and all bountifulness through which uh, causeth through us thanksgiving to God. And so when we use it in the right way, then God receives the thanksgiving. For the administration of this service not only supplies the want of the saints, but is abundance also unto much thanksgiving unto God. And so God has provided these blessings for us, just like he provided Christ for salvation. Christ is the pattern of that. We need to use what God's provided. Just as this provision or Christ was used so that we might have the remission of our sins. And finally, Christ and being a pattern for us in giving is a pattern of faith. As he went to the cross, it was an expression of his faith. Jesus didn't go to the cross doubting. He didn't go there wondering if he'd ever be raised from the dead if he went. We read from the 10th division book of John. Therefore doth my Father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me. I lay it down to myself. I have power to let down and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of the Father. He announced in John 14 to the apostles that he was going to go away. But he says, if I go away, I'll come again and receive you unto myself. It was an expression of his faith that he gave his life. It's an expression of our faith and our trust in God that we give. If we don't give, 
that's an indication that we lack faith and trust in God. For if we give sacrificially, that's an expression that we believe that God will take care of us. That's what the Lord's saying in the passage we studied this morning in the adult class in Matthew 6. When he comes down to verse 33 and he says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God. That's spiritual provision. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things that cares of this life, the needs of this life, will be thrown into boot. All these things will be added unto you. And when we believe in God, when we trust God, we believe that God's faithful to the commitment that He's made to us. God's made a commitment to us. And when we become a Christian, God says, I'll provide and I'll take care of you. I'll provide for you. You'll have everything that you need in this life. That doesn't mean we'll have everything we desire and want. But God's only committed to provide for our needs. And he says, I'll provide for that. And it's out of God's faithfulness that you and I need to realize that we too must be faithful. God has provided. When Jesus went to the cross, as you read the account in the 26th chapter of the book of Matthew, there were those who derided him, railed him, scoffed him, mocked him as he hangs there on the cross. They say concerning our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, he trusted in God, let him deliver him much. When he made that sacrifice, he trusted God. And he was delivered. In Luke's account in the 23rd division of the book of Luke, as our Lord died, he said, Into thy hand I commend my spirit. Do we have that kind of trust in him? We believe that God will provide for all our needs. The Apostle Paul writing to the Philippian brethren in the 4th division of the book of Philippians, said, I desire fruit, but I desire that fruit on your account. And he says, but my God shall supply all, and you need to underscore that, shall supply all your need according to the riches and the glory of Christ Jesus. We've got evidence that we can trust him. We can rely on his promises. But God spared not his own son, Romans 8. How shall he not freely give us all things? What is there that God can't provide for? One who has the riches of the glory. If we're willing to trust him through faith and follow the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The lesson yours this morning, I hope that it will help us to realize our responsibilities. We've got a pattern to follow, an example to follow. In the fourth chapter of the book of Acts, it says concerning Peter and John, and they took knowledge of them that they'd been with Jesus. Back in the third chapter, there was a man laying down by the gate. 
begging on. Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold. But I want to ask you, if he'd have had silver or gold, what would he have done with it? He said, I don't have silver or gold, but what I do have, what's mine, you. Where do you learn that? Not seen it at all. Well, the nail at the foot of the cross. Every time the collection basket comes by. I've heard some say sometimes, and there's some truth in it, I suppose, that might be good if we separated the Lord's Supper and giving because people do not realize sometimes the distinction between them. But on the other side, how wonderful it is to think about and contemplate the sacrifice that Jesus made for me. And then out of that, then in return, have an opportunity to give. God has provided. Let us be faithful over it. If you're here this morning and not a child of God, don't spurn that grace. Jesus loved you so much. Him who knew no sin became sin, that we through him might live. Why not obey the gospel of our Lord this morning? Jesus said, He that believeth in his baptized shall be saved. If you'll do that, the Lord will add you unto his kingdom. You'll be blessed bountifully in this life as well as in the life to come. Oh, we might not be the richest people on this earth. Paul said he'd learn how to be abased, but we'll be the happiest the most content, the one who uses all that he has to glorify God Almighty will find real contentment and happiness in this life. It's our prayer that this lesson this morning will help each of us to search our own hearts and try to learn how better to use what God Almighty has provided for us. If you're subject, won't you come?